Hey, hey, I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. I hope you guys are having a really great Wednesday so far or whatever day that you happen to be listening. Friendly reminder, don't forget to follow us Dating in the Bay Instagram at Dating in the Bay. And by us, I mean me. <laughs> One woman show over here. Let's see, a couple updates for you. Well, super excited to have Sarah on today. She's a food blogger who I met a couple years ago. I actually met her through my other friend, Sarah, who's also a food blogger. And you guys might remember who I started the podcast with originally. And we all went to a Giants game a couple years back. And when Sarah from Philly was in town and I really liked talking to her and she's also single. I remember helping her with her Hinge messaging at the time. I got the game, like I was messaging on Hinge for her. It's kind of funny. I think we talk about that in this episode too. So you'll hear that as well. But it's interesting because she's a PhD in health economics at Penn. And so we talk about the dynamics of being a really successful and intelligent woman in the modern dating world is always a little tricky to navigate. Kind of sounds like it wouldn't be, but it actually is. It's interesting to hear the differences between Philly and San Francisco. So we'll get into all of that. And yeah, it's a really fun episode. I love chatting with her. And let's see, there was something else I was going to talk about. Oh, this is super random. But back in the day, I worked at this camp at Stanford. The camp is called Super Camp. And it's a life skills and (laughs) educational program for kids. Actually, one more fun fact about Super Camp is if you guys are Bachelor franchise fans, You'll remember Allie Fedotowski. She was on The Bachelor on Jake's season, who was the pilot. And then she actually became The Bachelorette when she worked at Facebook. Anyways, I know Allie. The point about Supercamp was these keys to success. And I was thinking about them the other day because a lot of them actually have a ton of relevance to dating. So they talk about integrity, like having your actions match your, or your beliefs match your actions. And they talk about you know, being flexible, Dating requires so much flexibility. Like You have to always be adapting to what's going on and going with the flow. If someone disappears or whatever, like you're always kind of operating in these little bit of murky waters. So being flexible is super important. One of the other values they talk about is speak with purpose. Your words matter. And when you don't use your words at all, aka ghosting, that can also be really destructive to people operating in this murky dating water scene that we're in. So for instance, if you're not feeling it with somebody, all you have to do is shoot them a text and say, hey, name, I had a really great time hanging out with you. I don't think we're a romantic match, but I know you're going to find somebody great and good luck out there. And I wish you all the best or something along those lines. It's something quick that really just closes that door And then also you're going to feel much better about it. No one's ever going to have closure over anything, but you can at least use your words to lift somebody, give them at least the respect and dignity that you're doing that. So the reminder here is just, you know, using your words with intent. And part of that, for this podcast, at least, you'll hear me bring on guests who really embody the mission that I'm on, which is to make this process as enjoyable as possible as it can be for us because we don't need to suffer and we might as well enjoy ourselves while we're here and make the most of it. There's so many gems to pick up along the way and so much personal growth and 
all these things that are below the surface that we can really tap into. And I think that changing the narrative about that, I think is huge. I said before a while back, a lot of dating programs that I've seen marketed and also a lot of podcasts, they always have this element. You were super successful at this. You had this, but you just can't crack the dating thing. And like, no, that's not that narrative I find offensive and that there's nothing wrong with you. You're good. Everybody out there listening, like you're good. You're on your own journey. You're on your own path and you're carving your own way. And we're really pioneers in the space. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Sarah. Sarah, welcome to Dating in the Bay. We could call it Philly in the Bay. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Becca. I love the San Francisco Philly crossover. It's just awesome. Remember our Giants game? I do. I do. Basically, all I remember is I have this video that I share with you and Sarah at like all the time. That's just us drunk singing in the stands with all the people around us. What was it? Don't Stop Believing. So you're a health economist by day and then food blogger by night. Yes. I guess before we kind of get into the dating world, how is it navigating both of those plus dating? Because I feel like that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So to introduce myself, my name is Sarah. I am the founder and blogger behind The Cutting Veg, which is a health and wellness and recipe blog. But I'm also in my third year, which is so weird to say, of my PhD in health economics at Penn. And as I'm sure you could imagine, it takes up a lot of time and I have to be very diligent about time. And then you throw dating in there because I'm single and I've been single for a couple years now. And it's been really hard trying to, especially in the pandemic, trying to block out time to do all three. And sometimes one of those has to give. And of course, now that we are all in social distancing mode, if I'm being honest, dating is the one that's been taking a little bit of a backseat, but you know, prioritize, you know, it's, you make a concession on one point of the triangle. And so for me right now, that's what it is right now. Yeah. But you did have a fun date recently, didn't you? I did. I did. I did. So Philadelphia was the swing city in the swing state of the 2020 election. And I was doing some volunteering with getting out the vote here in Philly and a voting rights attorney on the Biden campaign asked me, basically had tickets to the Kamala Harris rally that was the day before election day and asked me on the date. And I, of course, was, yeah, like that sounds like fun. And he picked me up. I don't have a car. He picked me up in his car and we drove to the rally, which is 15 minutes away from my apartment. And because we had to wait for Secret Service to screen everything, we ended up being in his car before the rally for four hours in just like a line, just waiting to get into the parking lot where this rally was going to be. And it actually, it could have been terrible. Like this could have been a really bad, awkward situation, but we ended up listening to NPR. This is the most stereotypical date, I feel like of all, like the most... If you want to take liberal date and put it in a box, this is exactly what it was. We did that game where you ask 20 questions that's supposed to like make you fall in love or, or something. Oh, was it the, the New York Times? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did that. And then we also, I remember we listened to like several episodes of Terry Gross Fresh Air on NPR. And then we had to get out of the car so that like Secret Service could 
sniff the car to make sure there was nothing in it. And then, yeah. And so then we just sat in the car. I remember it was freezing cold, but I brought snacks and we just like hung out and we thought maybe we would be there for like four hours. We were there until like 11 PM. It was like from three to 11 PM. And it was really great. Yeah. And we saw each other a couple of times. We still text on and off, but he lives in DC. So I had made plans to go to the inauguration, but I don't think that that's happening with everything going on. Yeah, it's just weird because it's like in normal times, I would think, it, you know, I DC is two hours from Philly and I used to live in Washington. He lives in DC. Well, maybe he can just like pop over and see you. Yeah, you know, I hope so. So we talked about this a little bit, but dating when you're in the STEM sciences, how does that been in general? Because I feel like even just in San Francisco, I've noticed that men can be kind of intimidated by successful women. So the Philly dating scene, I'm going to lay it out for y'all because I've lived in New York. I lived in DC. I lived in Philly. The key distinction of the Philly dating scene in comparison to every other dating scene in the United States, I think, is there is a high proportion of medical school students and medical residents because there's a lot of medical schools. There's a lot of hospitals where people do their residencies. So on these dating apps, you get a really high proportion of people at medical school. So when you go on dates with though, like with people with that background, they're the exception to the rule. But generally, if I go on a date with like someone in banking or someone in tech, like the second I say I'm a PhD student, especially a PhD student in a field like economics, that's very, I find that the second I say that, and I don't even bring up that I'm a food blogger, because that's just like too much for a lot of people. Too much. Yeah. It's too much. Well, I sometimes say that I cook a lot and stuff and then, or I say I have a food blog and they think, oh, it's like this little, this little thing. Hobby. Yeah. 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 For, for your listeners who don't know, I have, I think now like 170,000 followers. And so for a lot of people, that is a lot, that is a lot to take in for a lot of people. I mean, like a plant-based celebrity. Yeah. Like a little tiny micro, (laughs) micro celebrity, I guess. But so I only mentioned that I'm getting my PhD. And so for most people, that is a lot to take in because I feel like the second I say that, people get intimidated by, and I don't know if it's how I'm saying it or what, like I've tried to think of different ways to introduce it into the conversation, but unless the people who I'm dating are also getting a graduate degree, except MBAs, because so to clarify, I'm getting my PhD through Wharton, which is the business school of the University of Pennsylvania. The PhD, I will say, it is one of those things where it takes up a lot of time. And I hate to say this, but the only way I find I can date is if I schedule it into my schedule. Like if I say, okay, I'm taking these hours this week to go on dates because I need to... This is also obviously like pre... Even during the pandemic, but pre-pandemic, I would have to schedule in dates into my schedule or else I just did not have the motivation if I didn't prioritize it, it wouldn't get done kind of thing. Oh, totally. I feel like dating's like working out or any sort of thing you have to put the work in and pound the pavement. It's so easy to be like, oh, I'll just do it next week. Or you just get in this text chain with the same guy and you're doing it. Like that is a big shift. So I'm 27 and a big shift for me has been, I can't spend like two weeks texting the same person and just never meet up with them because it's a waste of time. Also, what are you going to talk about on the date if you've already texted for that long? Exactly. But a lot of men just, in my experience, I'm a straight female. And so a lot of men who I've tried to date, it's just been really difficult 
to get them off of the texting and to get them into actually like, it's just, it's a hard balance. Actually, I remember when we were together, you like grabbed my phone one time and we're just like, I'm just going to set up a date for her. I think I did do that. You did. No, because I was with you and Sarah and you were like, just give me your phone. Like, I'm just going to text this guy and just, and, and I actually did go on a date with him. You did? Yes. How was it? It was boring. <laughs> oh, but you did it. I did. He was an ER resident, like talking about Philly. He was an ER resident. We went to this wine bar and I remember he came in. It was the summer, but I remember he came in and he was just really sweaty and like, just like shirt was drenched. He probably just saved somebody. I don't know. For me, my mom has this thing where she says, you should probably give a guy three chances oh, yeah. before you just totally. And so I tried to do that, but man, if you are on a first date with someone and it's like hard to carry a conversation, having the motivation to go on that second date is like, mm, it's really, really difficult. Well, yeah. I think it's like, if you're unsure about somebody, then to give them three, it's like a fine line. I think people can also be like, oh, it's self-care to just not do it. So you kind of check to see, like, am I being avoidant or am I actually just making a good empowered choice to say no? Yeah, for sure. Uh, No, I totally get what you mean. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's so funny because when I was in college, I think my sophomore year was when Tinder was a thing. And so, well, that's when it started being a thing. And and like Tinder in New York in 2012, 13 was a, I remember I had this whole string where I was just dating DJs that I found on Tinder. Like just like five DJs in a row. It was a very weird time. I can't imagine you with a DJ. I mean, I I can now, but... Actually, it's funny. I must have been a sophomore. Yeah. So like we did a volunteer trip to Ohio for the 2012 election. And I remember I went on this date with someone who was also on the trip, like canvassing. And he was like, we should go like we were all staying in like a super eight motel. And so he was, well, why don't we go to the Holiday Inn across the street? Because it had like a nicer bar. And so we went across the street. And I remember we were like, hooking up, like making out in like the lobby of this holiday in, in Ohio, in like Cleveland, Ohio. And we were all like, man, you have to leave. Like, this is not a, this is not a room. Like, we were like, okay. Wow. That's amazing. It was just weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everyone has like a weird experience dating. And like when I was in high school, I didn't date, like I was, you know, I didn't have a whole lot, many friends. So like college was just, opening the yeah. door to dating for me. And I was just, I took no, I grew up in South Jersey. So there are a lot of people from my high school who live in Philly. Cause it's like an hour away from where I used to live. Yeah. And I personally, anytime I see someone who I recognize from high school, it's like an immediate, do not want to associate myself <laughs> with that person. <laughs> just like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, as some market research for this episode, I changed my location to Philly on Hinge. And then the one person I know who lives in Philly liked me. He was like, what are you doing here? Yeah. But it was really funny. Oh, um, I'm not actually in Philly. Oh, that must have broke his heart for him. Like, I think think he's fine. No, Philly is just a fun, like the dates you can go on in Philly in normal times are pretty fun. You can go ice skating. And then there's, there's so many breweries, like places where you can just do beer tastings and things like that. I don't even like beer, but that's usually the kinds of dates I end up on here in Philly or just like going to a brewery or going to a wine bar, yeah. like something like that. But the brewery is definitely like that, that is 
Yeah, those are probably been the best dates that I've been on in Philly. Interesting. That sounds really fun. So yeah, do you have any other crazy date stories as of late? Oh, let me think. I'm trying to remember. I was set up on like a Tinder date or a hinge date. Oh. Yeah, where I did my hair and my makeup, got ready and it took like 40 minutes. And it took probably a little bit, actually it took longer than that because I wasn't used to like doing a full face of makeup and and my hair. And I remember I sat down with a drink and then the guy just totally was like, oh, I forgot that we were having a date like 30 minutes afterwards. Oh no. And I got really upset and I might've said some things to him that I- What did you, wait, what did you say? You just don't have any respect for anyone's time and and this is unacceptable. And I, I said, like, fuck you. Like, I was just like, I was just really not happy. Although I will say, actually, this might be the same date. I did go on this one date where the guy sent me a cocktail making kit to my apartment. What? And then we made cocktails together, which was really fun. That was so nice and so thoughtful. Instead of like buying drinks, like you can, and it was something that we could do together. And I used to be a bartender. I used to bartend for money in college. So wait, so what happened with the the cocktail making guy? Uh, We went on like one or two other virtual dates, but then it was just kind of didn't have a whole lot of in common, but it was a good move. So people should take note. Like that was a really cool idea. That just shows like his character, which is even though it didn't work out with him, it's like a nice memory with somebody. For sure. It's thoughtful. You know, he like, he asked like, what's my favorite liquor? This makes me sound like I am the biggest drunk, but I actually am only like a social drinker. But the fact that he asked me like what my favorite liquor was or like what kinds of drinks do I like? And then he got a kit that like kind of matched that was like really, really thoughtful. Wow. Take note, gentlemen listening. Oh, yes. Yes. It's not like you have to buy someone because that kit probably was like, Ten dollars. Like there are so many places in Philly now where you know they're trying to survive, so they're coming up with really creative things that you can like do. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money if you want to, you know, go out of your way to do something like that. But if you do, you know, put in a little investment, it does make an impression on the people that you're trying to date. Yeah, I like that. Good hot tip there. Oh yeah. Okay. What's the equivalent of the food influencers in the mail? arena are there men who influence things like are kind of that you, yeah. that you would like meet or like potentially oh I see what you're saying I see what you're saying there are some male food influencers but it's kind of funny because they've either when I went to Paris I guess this was like in 2018 he was like a food blogger and we actually like met not in like a romantic way but we actually met up like in Paris when I was there so that was like really and we went to and got tea which is like but I would say, so in the food space, not so much. I would say a lot of male influencers are in the fitness space. Like a lot of them grow. And and then also, and then also being an influencer, it's so interesting, right? Because when I create content, I don't have someone with me to help me film or help me, you know, whereas like a lot of my friends, it's very easy to create content when you have your boyfriend that you're engaging with or your partner who you're engaging with or your husband who will help you film. And it's just a unique challenge that I don't think like if you aren't single and living by yourself, especially during a pandemic that you would think about. I mean, it's a, my audience really loves when I talk about my dating experiences because I, on Instagram, I am very 
open and honest about my life and what's going on. And when I talk about my dating stories, I feel like there's not a lot of people who are single on social media being very clear about how dating is going. (laughs) Because dating in 2020, 2021 is such a cluster for, you know, so yeah. I think that it helps people to think that they're not alone in their own feelings and frustrations with it. When they also see, you know, people on social media, especially during the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people have gotten engaged or they've gotten pregnant. Like a lot of people. I also think like, I don't live with any roommates. I live by myself. And I've always lived by myself since I graduated from college. And I'm really happy living by myself. Like, obviously, I can walk around naked if I want to. I can turn up the music as loud, you know, like I don't have to. But I will say, having never like lived, lived full time with a partner, and I see it, and especially during the pandemic, it does get, you know, lonely. And to hear when people who are in relationships who live with people say, I'm so lonely, I don't, and, and I'm over here, like, I don't see anyone except for my neighbor next door and his dog. I would say that that's probably one of the most challenging things is that I can't go socialize with my friends. I can't really go on dates in person with people because I feel like I don't know how to be responsible. As a health economist, especially, I am very conscious of the fact that I don't want to put anyone at a heightened risk. You know, this is not at all like criticizing people in relationships, but it's just, it can feel very frustrating to want to be with people and feeling really lonely. Obviously, everyone has their own experiences, but that it just can be very challenging. Totally relate because I also live alone. And I forget a couple people separately, they all told me the same thing. They're like, I'm already lonely with my boyfriend. But then I think about you, that must just really suck. We're doing the best we can. Would I rather be alone or would I rather be with also screaming children? I think that I would rather be alone. Like, you know, there are some benefits to doing this by myself and it makes dating all the more important, but it's just really difficult to go on dates like right now. Totally. I think everything too, it's super amplified. Small micro interactions that we used to get from going to the grocery store, we're not getting those. So then I feel certain things happen and it feels much bigger. I don't know about you. I wonder if this is true. Okay. So I did like some experiments like when I was in Philly, because I was just really curious before the pandemic, because I found that I would get hit on at the grocery store if I didn't wear like AirPods. Like, so if I wasn't wearing my headphones in like Whole Foods, I would get hit on more so than if I did it. And so I'm wondering like the fact that we are all just so anxious going into grocery stores and wearing masks and those little micro interactions where you used to like mm-hmm. get hit on or, or you get a line. Like I have a feeling that all of those just kind of go out they the do, window. But we need to bring them back. That's my, <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, I remember I had to get a new, I had to get my, my computer fixed. I remember that was like the first time I had seen like a guy in like a week because I, it's like, I'm very blessed that I can work from home and do my school at home. So there are days where I just, I live in my apartment and like, that's, I see my my seventy year old neighbor, and that's <laughs> that's the extent of my human my human interaction. So it's just so weird. It's so unnatural to just be cooped up in our houses all day, and then I feel like now it's going to be a prisoner thing where it's like I don't even want to leave anymore because it's so comfy. I know, I know, but I've decided that I'm very much. I think I'm more of an extrovert than I am an introvert because I do find that I miss 
as much as I like hate getting on Zoom and doing like a Zoom happy hour or something, I just miss being with people to the point where sometimes I'm like, that ex I had in DC or that, you know, maybe I should just talk to them. But then I'm like, no, I cannot go down that road. Like, what is it going to lead to? Well, like where it's not going to lead to anything positive. Well, that's always a good like redirection to be like, I'm going to go swipe for 10 minutes. Cause if you're like in that creative mindset where you're thinking about the past, you could just be like, I'm going to go swipe. And then that's actually genius. I love that idea. You have so much confidence. I was thinking about this when I was preparing. When I was in high school, I always think like my transition from high school to college is like the most important thing because when I was in high school, I was definitely felt like the odd person out. I went through periods where like I would have like a couple friends here and there and then all of a sudden like they would just decide I wasn't cool or whatever and then they would just that was the only time in my life where I had trigger warning. I had suicidal ideation. I like felt really depressed. And then it was just a time where I just had to think, okay, I just have to get to you know, May 2011 when I graduated from college, like, or when I graduated from high school, like I just have to get out. And then once I was in college, I mean, obviously I went to a school where there were a lot of really smart people, but starting to have the friendships that were building me up and were motivating me to be a better person. And then once I like graduated from college and just started on a trajectory towards where I am now, all of those little tiny micro experiences, I feel like have made me more confident. It's something that I've made the decision to work on. And I wonder sometimes, like going back to dating, wonder sometimes if that confidence helps or hurts. Because like that can be the source of something that's really intimidating for people. So I I think whoever you're going to be with, they won't be scared away by your confidence. They're going to be like attracted to you because of your confidence. I feel like it's also probably just our Jewish DNA that we're always really hard on ourselves. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So I am very open about dating like anyone pretty much. But and I love my mom to death. But one of the things my mom always says is like, oh, well, you should just find like my mom, bless her. Like I'm so lucky. She has been married to my dad for over 30 years and like, you know, they love each other. Sometimes I think she thinks like dating is just like, oh, you should just find a nice <laughs> Jewish boy and just settle down. It's interesting talking to people who have never had to online date and try to explain to them how difficult it is to sort through a lot of people. And it's also a lot of trial and error, right? Because I, for me, the number one thing that I need to have, like there are several things, but like one of the number one things I need to make sure is that I can carry on an easy conversation with someone because I've been on dates with like many men who like the conversation dies out after maybe like 10 minutes. If I'm not talking about sports, if I'm not talking about going to the gym or working out, it's been very difficult for me to like, once that, if that happens, I just, it is really hard for me to be motivated to take it to that next, that next step. Well, as part of your homework assignment for this episode, I asked you to pick a self-care recipe that we could have our listeners make? Because I know you mentioned that that guy stood you up and didn't come to your FaceTime date. So something that people could make for themselves as pick me up, kind of boosting their moods that they probably have the ingredients on hand that would make them happier. Yeah, for sure. So when that guy stood me up and I was really 
annoyed and upset and frustrated. This was probably like April. What I made is one of my favorite recipes of all time. And it is kimchi fried rice. It's so easy. So delicious. I know they say that the best fried rice is made with day old rice. I think that's false. I think you can, it's fine if you need to like take one of those packs from Trader Joe's of the jasmine rice and just microwave it. Or if you, okay. you take that and basically you cook a ton of carrots and bell peppers in some ginger, garlic, soy sauce, add your rice. I like to add cauliflower rice. Having a big bowl of food in front of me after like a really hard day is just for me like- My favorite thing. There are people who live to eat and there are people who eat to live. And I am such a live to eat kind of person. I mean, I wouldn't be a food blogger if I, <laughs> if I wasn't. <laughs> it comes together. If you have the rice already cooked, it comes together in like 10 minutes. You scramble a bunch of eggs in there. You add green onion, cilantro, if you like that. Um, you can put tofu or I'm a pescatarian, but like if you eat meat, you can put chicken on it. And it's just such an easy delicious recipe that actually makes really good leftovers weirdly. So I usually just make like four servings of it and just batch cook it and put it in my fridge. But yeah, it's one of my favorite recipes. And oh, I forgot you have to add kimchi. I love kimchi. Oh, if any of your listeners are from the DMV, like from the DC metro area, they need to go to number one sons. You can also order them online. They make the best vegan kimchi, which you Kimchi is normally made with fish sauce and I am a pescatarian, so I can like, that's fine. But this kimchi, I remember I was in like DuPont circle farmers market and this couple who was from Korea, I was just like talking to the owners of this number one sons and the owners, these Korean couple came up and I was like, Hey, you should, you should try the kimchi. And they were like, this kimchi, some of the best kimchi we've ever had. And I was just like, what? Like that just shows exactly, exactly. But they also do like, really good pickles, really good sauerkraut. I usually do a big order once a year because I don't live in DC anymore, but I love it so much that I will ship their kimchi and stuff up to my apartment in Philly because it's just so good. Gift pod. Emotions are way more intensified since we don't have all those pre-pandemic life distractions. This year has taught me a lot about resilience and perspective. And the ups and downs of dating during a pandemic are, um, yeah, they're a lot. What's helped me to get through are the unsung bays, my friendships. Through GiftPod, I'm able to record a message to my closest bays and let them know I'm thinking about them and all the fun things we'll do together post-quarantine. The team at GiftPod will spruce it up with music and give it to them as a private podcast. It's a great gift to send to your friends as a pick-me-up and an extra boost to brighten their days during this kind of turbulent time. GiftPod is offering listeners 10% off with the code 104BAY. That's the number 10, S-O-R-B-A-E. You can check them out at giveagiftpod.com. Now, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I remember in DC, the first thing that everybody would ask on a date is like, who do you work for? What agency do you work for? It's a lot of networking. That's not Yeah. Network to get work. That's what they always would say. Yeah. Yeah. They always also love to go to beer halls, but like German style. Like, so, so there's a difference between like going to a craft brewery, like in Philly and going to a really loud beer hall in DC. And it is just, it's very stressful. 
everything that we can do to make ourselves more comfortable on dates is the best gift that we can give to ourselves because once we are comfortable, we're going to have way more fun. For sure. And open up more. Yeah, definitely. Because I found that initially it was like wherever they wanted to go, like suggest, even though I didn't want to go, I'd be like, oh, I'll just you know, go and accommodate them. But then it's like once I actually started saying, I love this wine bar, let's go here. The comfort level, I think, helps us open up a lot more, at least. I love this place in Philly called Wine Dive. And they do a raclette grilled cheese. And then they also do... It's always my number one suggestion if I am asked where we should go on dates. Because it's just like... Even in the post-COVID times, because I did go on a date. Oh, I went... Okay, so during... Do you remember? Yes, I did. So in September, in September, I went on a date with this guy. And... You know, I saw he lived in Center City, Philly, which is near where I live. And I was like, great. Like, because Philly can be so spread out that sometimes like if I, if the person lives in Northern Liberties and I live here, it's like a 30 minute drive, even though it's in Philly to get there. And sometimes I'm like, I just don't, unless he's coming here, I just don't like, I don't feel, especially in COVID. So anyway, this guy said he lived in Center City and I was like, great, fantastic. And we went to Wine Dive, which is my favorite little wine bar. Yeah. Because he asked me, I was like, great, this sounds good. This was in September. It was really nice and warm. I wore a really cute outfit. We sat outside. First of all, he hugged me, which like we did not talk about physical interaction during the the pandemic. And I was just like, oh no, like I don't, I didn't want to show that I was really anxious, but I was just thinking, oh gosh. So anyway, so we went on the date and he was really nice, but he revealed to me in the middle of the date that he actually didn't live in Center City, Philly, like I thought. He lived with his parents in Delco, which is, if you are not from Philly, that is Delaware County. So that is one of the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. And the reason he wrote Center City, if there was dates, apparently he would go and stay at his brother's apartment in Center City. And he also lived in New York full-time, but because of the pandemic, he was staying with his parents. So then I was like, oh, oh no, like, I don't know. Like those kinds of logistical hoops that one would need to jump through is it's just, it just does becomes like not worth it at that point. Cause I'm like, how is this gonna, if I'm trying to think long-term cause now I'm old, I'm just like, I'm like, you're not, you're so, you're so young. I know I am really young, but it's like, for me with my PhD, I don't have time to like mess around like I mean I'm happy to mess around but at the end of the day it's gotta like go somewhere for me I just don't like that he was kind of deceptive about where he lived and it's just like that's there's there was actually like another time I went on another date which was I think the date I was gonna tell you oh (laughs) so like I had a friend in college who dated this guy. And I remember like when, like we would all go out as a group, like as one does in college, like getting, getting drunk. And like, we would have senior night, which was like when we would go out on Wednesdays. So this is when I was a senior. So this guy texts me out of the blue. He's like, Hey, I see that you're in Philly. That's how how they all start. Right. Like random people were like, I'm in Philly. You're in Philly. I didn't realize you were in Philly. Let's go get a drink. And I thought, Oh, this is a fr- this is a guy that one of my really good friends in college dated for like a long time. We're just gonna go get a drink, you know. It's gonna be whatever. Now, we went to this really great place in Philly where you can get margaritas to go, and they come in these little glass jars. 
which is really nice. And so we got the drinks and we went to Rittenhouse Square, which is like a really nice public park in Philly. And you can sit out there and drink and it's fine in the COVID because no one cares because pandemic. And we talked, we hadn't probably spoken since my senior year of college. So five years. And it was nice. And then I thought that was going to be it because it's like, you know, friends catching up, you're not going to be doing it, especially like more than an hour. And he was like, actually, why don't we go to another bar? And I was just like, okay, like, yeah, sounds okay. So we walked over to the second bar. Now this should have been a red flag for me. There were several red flags that I should have picked up on. First of all, we get to the second bar, which is like in an alley, like in Philly, like you can have a bar in like an alley, like gringy. It's what it is. It is. And I hadn't fit. So I'm a lightweight. I only weigh like 110 pounds, like, and I'm five foot two, like I'm a very small person. So for me, like one drink is like it, if that. And I also didn't have the intention of getting very drunk. Like it was a Wednesday night. So he, we get to the bar and the guy was like, Oh, um, you can't, I had my drink in like my glass jar and I wanted to keep the glass jar because like (laughs) it was cute. And the guy was like, Oh, I'm sorry. You can't bring the rest of your half drink margarita, Uh, like sitting at the, makes sense. Like totally cool. So I remember we were walking back and I should have taken this as a red flag because the guy was like, Hey, I'll just finish your margarita in the COVID times. And I was like, uh, it's COVID. And he's like, Oh, that's okay. I already had COVID. So I'm immune. And I was like, uh, okay. So then he drinks my margarita and then we walk back and then we sit at the bar. He then proceeds to order not one, not two, six beers. And he is drinking these beers like two at a time. And yeah. And he, I realized this before he went to business school and I guess that was his justification for why he was able to handle this. Although he really wasn't able to handle this. And then he started saying all of this stuff, like, I really miss you. You know, I, I didn't want to say anything when I was dating the girl who I was dating because I like, didn't want it to be weird. And I was like, yeah, no, like, and meanwhile, I am totally sober. Okay. Like I am just, you know, and he's also telling me about like, how he had gotten COVID and like all that experience. And then I remember that, so that was another red flag. And then I should have realized there was another red flag because he had to get up to go to the bathroom. And as he gets up to go to the bathroom, he like does that thing where they graze the back of your neck or your back with hand. Now I also have a weird thing based on some prior sexual assault experiences where I just don't like it when people touch the back of me without like telling me that they're going to do that. And I just like completely froze. And I was like, okay, this, we got to get out of here. Like this has got to end. It was also like 1130 at this point. I had left at seven thinking I was going to be home by eight. It's 1130 in Philly on a Wednesday. So I was like, hey, like I'm getting really tired. I have a meeting at 8 a.m. Like we should probably get home. And he was like, oh yeah, like it's like, it's fine. So he walks me home, which thankfully, thankfully my apartment was not that far. It was like maybe two and a half, three blocks. We get to the apartment and he's, I was like, I had a really good time. And then all of a sudden he starts kissing me during COVID in the pandemic. Now, remember if you are immune to COVID because you had COVID, that doesn't mean you're not also carrying COVID and you can still pass it on to some. I was just like, oh God. So I had to quarantine for two weeks after that because I was just like, well, actually what I did is I quarantined for a week and then I got, like, I did the CDC guidelines, like I quarantined for a week, got tested, then quarantined for another three days after I got the negative test, 
took a second test, was also negative, and then it was fine. But I had to do all of that because there was no communication. Like normally, in normal times, if something like that were to happen, it would just be like a one-day thing. It would just be like a funny story. But no, it it had to last for 10 days. And the guy also proceeds to text me like, oh my gosh, like, oh, he kept wanting me to come with him to New York because that was the thing. He was moving to New York for a job. And he was like, next time you come to New York, you should definitely stay with me. Like you're always, and I was just like, you know, I, I have, I get very anxious around dating just again, like, because I have had really bad past experiences. And I was just like, I, I know you, I respect you as a friend, as someone who, you know, we used to be friends in college and I, you know, I would still consider you, but this is just like, it is a lot. That is a lot. Texted me. And I just said, like, next time I'm thinking, I don't, you know, I'm not thinking of traveling right now, obviously, (laughs) but but maybe we would like meet up, you know, but I honestly... Well, it's just like, it's one of those things where my really good friend dated him in college. And obviously she has had many boyfriends since him. Like he's just not the kind of person personally that I would want to be romantically involved with. But, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Now, now we know. Yeah. Now we know. I, it's weird though that he like had feelings for me in college, but he felt because he was dating another person. Like it's yeah. just like that whole logistic. I'm like, this yeah. is messy. Like, I just, I want to clean my hands of this. Like, this is not, this is not, this is not my thing. I feel like yeah. you seem pretty low drama. So I feel like that's probably like, that's good without. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very much on it. I am a no, I don't take shit kind of person. Like I am a very honest, open, like I say direct, like I'm very direct and I don't mm-hmm. like it when people like play games. Not that this guy was playing games. And, and I don't think, you know, if I were to be romantically involved with this person, I don't think that my friend who is now dating someone else, I don't think that she would have a problem with it personally, because she is also the kind of like a very direct. But I also just, when you're saying that you had feelings for me when you were dating this other person, but you're also saying them when you're really drunk and had six beers and two, like one and a half margaritas in you. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like that, yeah. it's just like a weird, weird place to be. There's a lot of data points on this little map that are looking like a big no-no. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like, I don't know. Like, it's funny when you date people, like we've, we were talking about this before, but it's funny when you date people in co- from college or high school and they have like this, he had not seen me since I was 22. And I would say I'm a completely different person from when I was 22 to now that I'm 27. It is a completely different Sarah that you are like getting to know after five years. And a lot of things are the same, but a lot of things are just totally, he's still trying to get to know me, but he's also dating. It's like, he's dating the person that he thinks that I was when I was 22. Yeah. He's like, put you on a pedestal and wants to stay there and doesn't want to take you down from it. And like, he's, he's like created this alternative of who you are. Exactly. Exactly. For sure, for sure. And I'm just That's like, pretty weird. Oh, this is just weird. So, well, but it's a good story. Yeah, yeah. But it's mine is having to quarantine because of him. That sucks. I don't like that part. It's a good story. This flew by per usual. Thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. You have to come back again. 
Oh, of course. And hopefully I gotta I gotta work on my game a little bit. I gotta build I also need to have my stories actually like, <laughs> like organized a little bit. But no, yeah, this is wow. this is great. Awesome. Thanks, Becca. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Thanks to Sarah for joining me today as well. I hope you guys make that recipe. And I hope that as the dating hack of the week, you guys can really just lean into self-care. Just take a break when you need it and pace yourself because you got this. And give yourself little rewards as you go along. So if you do a FaceTime date, go get an ice cream afterwards or go make some ice cream. I'm going to go get some ice cream. With that, thank you guys again. Thanks to Sarah. I hope she comes back. And thank you to StudioPod for producing the podcast. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.